Thank you so much for tuning in. This is 99.5 FM, WBAI, WBAI.org on the web, Living for the City. My name is Michael G. Haskins. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to stay tuned at noon for the Gary Knoll Show. That's coming up right after this program. Well, being shocked when Donald Trump became president after the 2016 election doesn't need belaboring. Mind you, I'm purposely not saying he was elected because I don't think he was. Beyond now substantiated Russian interference, a series of circumstances and events across the country enabled Trump to win. And much is is still in place as we head into next year's presidential election. I'm really pleased to introduce the investigative journalist who's been on top of all of these related issues, not just since 2016, mind you, but since the 2000, 2000s Bush v. Gore debacle. Remember that? Greg Pallast, author of the book and creator of the movie with the same name, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. Greg Pallast, welcome to Living for the City, to, to WBAI. Uh, hey, Michael, glad to be with you again. Well, I, I thank you so much. I, I really wanted to get you on the air Oh, a couple of years ago when I was in the mornings, but uh, 7 a.m. doesn't translate well out there in California. (laughs) So um, I'm I'm very thankful that you um, have joined us today. Um, Okay. Really, really appreciate it. You you spent the the better part, Greg, you've spent the better part of the last three years in particular uh, examining how broken our democracy is, and, and that starts with something as, as fundamental as the right to vote. What are, what are some of the most striking things that you have learned in this time? Wow. Well, uh, we don't have a democracy right now. Okay, let me tell you something. Uh, for those of you, a lot of BAI listeners, because uh, BAI uh, sponsored the launch of the film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, know that, uh, and I did a post-election edition called the case of the stolen election. Trump stole the election. He did it the old-fashioned way. He took it by blocking a lot of people of color from voting. And we saw that in the extreme followed up last year in 2018 in Georgia, where Stacey Abrams, the first black woman ever nominated for uh, a governorship in, the, in a North or South, was running against a guy named Brian Kemp. Uh, as Stacey Abrams herself said, I won, but I won't be inaugurated. Mm. One of really the first Democratic candidate, major Democrat ever, to say, I lost because they stole the votes of black folk. Mm. And she particularly cited the investigations I did for um, Salon and Democracy Now. Uh, what I did is I found out that 340,134 Georgia voters were illegally removed from the voter rolls. And the reason I have an exact number is I ain't guessing. I, I went through, I had to sue um, uh, with uh, Reverend Lowry's organization, the great civil rights leader this, mm-hmm. uh, from Georgia. Yep. He sued and I sued with him to get the names of every single person over half a million removed from the voter rolls by this character, Brian Kemp, the Secretary of State in charge of the voter rolls. 
before the election. Now, Brian Kemp, besides Secretary of State, was also the guy running, running. against Stacey Abrams for governor. So right. think about that. Right. This guy's in charge of removing names from the voter rolls, and he's running for governor. We, we sued, got the, every person's name. Um, over half a million people were removed because they supposedly left the state mm. or weren't there anymore and, um, or left their county. And therefore, you know, obviously you should remove from the... If, they, if you moved, if Michael Askins is removed from the voter rolls or he's left New York and moved to Jersey, you shouldn't be on the New York voter rolls. Right. Well, we went through name by name and could say with absolute certainty that a third of a million people, and we have their names and addresses, never moves an inch from their homes. And it was mostly voters of color. They used tricks, uh, and, and that was the election, because Stacey Abrams lost by only a few thousand votes, all by this Jim Crow tactic. They said, oh, that's the Deep South, that's a bunch of cracker mm-hmm. rednecks, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. That system is used in 30 states all over the nation. Ohio. Michigan, Indiana, all over the place, Maryland, Massachusetts. Okay? 30, 30 states, uh, Greg, that's over half the country. That's way over half way the country. Way over half the country. Especially if you, exclude, if you exclude New York and California, which aren't right. part of America anymore anyway, according to Trump. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is the trick that they're using. Now, those of you, you're, you're, so that, that's, one game, and by the way, I should mention Stacey Abrams' organization, Fair Fight Georgia, has just hired my team to appear to provide the expert information that we gathered in federal court to end this system. She's doing something about it. We've never seen a Democrat do this ever. Mm. Al Gore grabbed his ankles. You mentioned 2000. Now, yes. for those who know Greg Palast, I'm the reporter. I worked for the Guardian newspapers uh, and BBC television. I was actually living in England. And I went and uh, discovered that in 2000, a woman named Catherine Harris had removed thousands of people from the voter rolls, uh, about 58,000 black men from the voter rolls, on the grounds that they were felons who uh, couldn't vote in Florida, one of the few states where you are barred from life for voting if you have a felony record. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a terrible policy. The people voted it out last year, but it was the law. Except for one thing. The only thing that these men were guilty of was voting while black. And I don't mean some of them or part of them or whatever. I mean all of them. According to the attorney general went through the list, and he told me that there was not one, not one illegal voter on the list. Not one. All they were, they were black men. And I'm not guessing because it said next to their name. Are you ready? It said B-L-A next to their name. Black. And that elected George Bush as president because that took away Florida from Al Gore. By th- Al Gore lost the presidency of the United States by 537 yeah, votes, yeah. stolen from black men. Al Gore didn't say a damn word. You know, so in other words, Jim Crow exists. Like is- Al Gore are dancing cheek to cheek with Jim Crow, mm. okay? They, get, they benefit from this system. And so they're not going to knock the system, which, after all, got Gore uh, where he was in the first place. Okay? So Gore is a beneficiary of Jim Crow all his career, and because he lost the presidency, he wasn't going to... He's like, you know, like the Stalinists who went to their executions praising Stalin. Mm. He'll go to, the, to his death mm. 
yeah. praising the Jim Crow system that created the, made him the billionaire he is today, and a billionaire is what he is. Um, he's a good boy. Uh, and but this this keeps happening. Yeah, it does. Now you you maintain though, Greg Palast, you maintain that Donald Trump and his enablers actually stole the 2016 presidential election. A conclusion, by the way, that many of us share. Tell us why you why you think this is the case, and some of the methods that they use: cross check, interstate cross check, uncount. Tell us about it. Okay, here, here's here's the trick. And again, by the way, you can now get the best democracy money can buy. The full film on Prime for free. Go ahead and grab it, mm-hmm. download it. Mm-hmm. The other is that if you contact me at gregpalace.com, you can get the latest edition. Jesse Jackson of Push, um, Reverend Jackson, uh, commissioned a kind of short activist version to show at meetings. But it'll explain how Trump stole the election. And, for example, take Michigan, right? Mich- he won. Everyone identifies three states he won by. So we start with Michigan. Um, seven, okay, Trump supposedly won that state by 10,700 votes. Well, dig this. 75,355 ballots were never counted because 87 ballot counting machines broke down in Detroit. Now, Michigan votes on paper ballots, but they're read by machines. If the mm. machines can't read the ballot, your ballot goes into the toilet. Mm. Now, Whose votes were they, the 75,000 ballots that the machines didn't read? They're in Detroit, and they were in Flint. Are you going to tell me that those are Trump voters? I don't think so. I was there filming in that area for Democracy Now! and for the film Best Democracy Money Can Buy. And um, these are solid black districts, of course, and uh, they didn't count 75,000 black ballots, and that's how Donald Trump became president. That's Michigan. We go into Wisconsin where they played uh, all kinds, not where they flipped your vote on the machines, but again, the machines didn't read the ballots. In, Mich- in, in uh, Madison, which is where the university is, and in Milwaukee, 50,000 votes. Now, supposedly Donald Trump won by 20-some thousand votes. 50,000 votes were thrown in the garbage. In addition, 50,000 votes, 50,000 voters could not vote again almost exclusively students and black folk, because they changed the ID laws. Are you ready for this? Two weeks before the election. Two weeks before the election, they said that student, you said you had to have a student ID to vote, or you had to have a, a, a photo government ID to vote. Mm-hmm. Fine. But two weeks before the election, they said University of Wisconsin, that's about 200,000 students, University of Wisconsin students cannot use their Wisconsin state student ID to vote. Like that? Now, who are those voters? Who are the university voters voting for? Mm. Clinton or Trump? According to the University of Wisconsin study, that cost um, Hillary Clinton 50,000 votes, and yet Trump was given the state by 23,000. It goes on and on. I was in Ohio, okay? Are you ready for this? Mm. I was... Filming Ohio, I went to uh, 70% of black voters vote early, which is smart because they were afraid of lines on Election Day or they can't get out of work. Um, uh, So the black voters vote early voting. There was one voting station per county because that's what the Republican uh, partisan 
uh, voting official was doing. And, you know, by the way, if Russia did this, where the voting, where you have partisan elected officials uh, in charge of who gets to vote and how they get to vote, we would say that's dictatorship. But in Ohio, okay, that's just called the winning formula for Trump. Okay, you had to wait. I was in Dayton, Ohio. Voters in Dayton, Ohio, black voters lined up for five hours on early voting Sunday. That's kind of like an election in uh, Haiti or South Africa where people really turn out. Yes, but it's one thing if everyone's waiting in line for five hours, and in Cleveland they waited for seven hours. One polling station for Cleveland, let me repeat that, one early voting station for Cleveland, one in Dayton where I was, Dayton. of Toledo to see how long the lines are. I'm and sorry. You'll see I, this, by the way, in the film. I, I didn't I hear. I think you were cut off there. Would you, would okay. you repeat that? The white, the, okay, so I went from Dayton, Ohio, where they're waiting five hours in line. Mm-hmm. Then I go to the suburbs of Toledo, Ohio, which is completely white, to see how long the lines are there. And there's a few people in line, not voters, voting officials, mm. a gigantic voting station, zero line, and they even gave you coffee and cookies if you showed up to vote. Whereas the black people, remember, it's November in Ohio. It's freezing. They are snaked through a, an, out, an outdoor parking lot. And then when they get to the end of the line, they are not given a ballot. They're given an absentee ballot. I, went to, I, said, I went to the uh, county um, elections official, and I said, what's going on here? Why aren't they... They're waiting in line five hours, and they get an absentee ballot, which they stick in an envelope and hand in. I said, they're right here. They're not absent. Mm. Mm. And he said, the, the GOP Secretary of State ordered him to do that two days before the election. The reason is so they could throw the ballots out. So they could throw the ballots out because you make – it's very complicated to make out uh, absentee ballots. Ask anyone in New York. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So games are played, but so Trump, that's details. Then there's, like you mentioned, a system called interstate cross-check, mm-hmm. which, by the way, um, uh, with uh, we ran a multi-year. That's one of the things I exposed in the film. And, by the way, it's just about dead. It's just about dead because we exposed it in the film. We exposed it on Democracy Now!, we exposed it on, on the Pacifica Network, and uh, between the ACLU, League of Women Voters, myself, and then, of course, a big push by the Reverend Jackson, um, this Jim Crow system called Crosscheck is almost, almost completely dead. Almost every state not, has pulled out of this system. Not, not quite yeah. there yet. Greg Palace is there. Greg Palace is my guest on Living for the City. The author of several New York Times bestsellers, including The Best Democracy Money Can Buy and Armed Madhouse. Greg, once again, where can people get this film and see this film? For free. Okay, uh, if you go to gregpalace.com, you can download the film. Um, if you go to, uh, and that's the activist version, the shorter version meant for showing your friends and and getting people uh, into action, mm. commissioned by Reverend Jackson. Mm-hmm. The other is to go to Prime and get Greg Palace, the best democracy money can buy. And by the way, it's not your, it's about taking, stealing the elections. And it's about Jim Crow tactics, but it is not your PBS white guys in front of bookcases dull film. No, it yeah, is I've not. Got, 
I've got Ice T. I've got yes. Richard Bell for Ed Asner. Willie Nelson playing a stoner musician. <laughs> He's playing himself. Right. Willie yeah. Nelson, by the way, was on this cross-check wipeout list. Which, by the way, just so you know, and, and so again, GregPalace.com. But and to get continuing reports, I'll be reporting for the Guardian. I report for Rolling Stone, and obviously for the Pacifica Network and Democracy right. Now. But yeah. I want to mention that um, you know. Uh, oh, so Willie Nelson. The system of cross-check that you mentioned mm. is about identifying people who've registered illegally in two states to vote in two states. It's a federal crime. They've listed 7.2 million people. How did they do it? They simply took common names. 538 guys oh, yes. from Georgia were named James Brown. And believe it or not, they found a James Brown in New York, and they found James Brown in Detroit, et cetera, mm-hmm. all registered to vote. Oh, well, they're registered to vote in another state. Remove them from the state of Georgia. And if you're saying, well, how does that system of prejudice uh, people of color? The answer is 85, the 100 most common names in America, are black names. So Brown, Johnson, Rodriguez, Garcia, 830. 2,000 Garcias in America. If your name's Jose Garcia, you're, you're shafted Very on your right to vote. Right. So I expose this system in the film. It's key to Trump becoming president. They used it in Ohio. They used it in Georgia. They used it in Arizona. Um, you know, it's not a matter whether you like Hillary Clinton or not. It's mm-hmm. a question of she was elected, Trump wasn't. Here's how. And they're going to keep doing it. Unless uh, we, we wake up and, and take some action. Unless we take some action, I, I should also say, along with the uh, best democracy, money can buy an armed madhouse. Of course, you know or should know Palace through his investigative reports, as he said, uh, Democracy Now!, The Guardian, BBC Television, as well as Rolling Stone. Um, Greg, what role did the U.S. Supreme Court Place. Since the court gutted the Voting Rights Act in 2013, the, the dark art of vote stealing is, is really appears to be on steroids. Um, voters, are, as you are saying, um, being removed from roles more aggressively in pre-clearance states and so on. Where right. are we here? Okay, let me explain that term. Use the fancy term pre-clearance. All that meant is that under the Voting Rights Act of 1965, uh, which Mark Juan, as you'll see in the film, in the fight uh, from the march from Selma to Montgomery, four people were murdered, and he won the Voting Rights Act. But what it said was is that 13 states, a lot of cities, by the way, one being New York City, Alaska, Arizona, because they were shafting in New York, they were shafting um, uh, people from Puerto Rico by not having uh, multilingual ballots. And uh, Alaska was shafting Indians, and uh, Arizona was was shafting uh, Native uh, American natives too. Uh, so it's it's black folk, but it's Hispanic people and others. Mm-hmm. And so they designated states and cities which had less than. Yeah. which is a suggest which is an indication of segregation mm-hmm. okay and in, of course in, in places like Alabama you had two percent of the black population registered to vote so they said okay those states where you have clear measurable discrimination and Jim Crow 
before they make any changes in their voting law, let's say you use this crazy cross-check system to remove voters, you call people felons uh, who aren't felons, you have to pre-clear it. That is, send your change to the Department of Justice, and the Department of Justice has to say, okay, that's not discriminatory. You can make that change in voting systems. The Supreme Court eliminated that basic protection, the basic protection, by saying uh, that, that Scamp Scalia, uh, Justice Scalia, or Injustice Scalia, mm. um, I guess the devil took him, he needed a lawyer. Uh, but uh, Justice Scalia wrote, uh, Jim Crow official discrimination has been eradicated mm. in the United States. Mm. Eradicated. Okay? Eradicated. I just... <laughs> go to Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Go, to, go to Atlanta. Uh, go to Athens, Jordan. You know? Go to, um, go to uh, Mariposa County in Arizona. And you tell me that Jim Crow has been eliminated. By the way, the city of New York I wrote a friend of the court brief saying, we are under this restriction. We have no problem whatsoever saying when we change our voting setup, we send a letter to the Justice Department. We have never been told you can't do that by justice because New York City pretty much stopped uh, discriminating against voters of color. There's, it's never even, it's never, you know, there's always games, but, you know, uh, but the idea from the Supreme Court that Jim Crow has been eradicated? I, I, Come on. I, I, I you know think what happened? Not. Jim Crow took over the Supreme Court. Scalia was the crow. Wow. I, I hadn't heard that before, Greg Pallas. I'm glad you brought that out. Greg, I, I don't want to run out of time before I cover another two bases here. You mentioned yeah. Georgia. You mentioned Stacey Abrams and yeah. uh, and Fair Fight. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tell us now about North Carolina. What, uh, as briefly as you can, uh, what happened in North Carolina? It's not just North Carolina uh, and Georgia. Yeah, we, we got just things had, going uh, on in Michigan, Ohio, and Virginia. But tell us about North Carolina, what we saw there. Okay, if you, by the way, watch the film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, I go to North Carolina. We just had a special election in North Carolina. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the Republicans were caught red-handed. Red-handed, the Republicans were caught going around, gathering black absentee ballots and throwing them in the garbage. And so, because the Democrat lost by just 900 votes in the 9th Congressional District, and they threw out that many votes into the garbage can of black voters, so they, they re-ran the election. And this time, the Democrat lost by 4,000. Now, how does that happen? How did it go down, Right. And the answer is simple. Again, Jim Crow tactics. What they did was they removed tens of thousands of voters of color from the voter rolls in North Carolina. Again, using that interstate cross-check system. I was there. I have, in fact, I have the list of voters that they removed illegally. I got that. Um, because I'm, well, if you know Greg Pallas, I'm an old gumshoe-style investigative <laughs> reporter, and I get those inside documents. So I have the names and addresses of the, of the black voters removed in North Carolina before this special election. In addition, this is the state where, if you know Reverend William Barber, who's the new great voice of uh, the voting rights movement, yes. this is where he's from. And let me tell you, oh, 
the the U.S. the American media, the, which I which is the white the mainstream media, which is simply just called the white media, said, "Oh, there was a there was a." Yeah, we're we're, we're losing. Voting. Yeah, we're losing you at a couple of a couple of key moments, Greg. I think people yeah, are trying so, to text you, and that cuts out our sound. But go ahead, please. Okay, so uh, what's happening is is that the. Um, it didn't. It's not that black voters didn't turn out. They were tur- They turned out, but then were turned away because their names were not on the voter rolls, and that's how North Carolina's ninth congressional district was stolen two weeks ago. Yeah. That's how. And and compa- compounding all of this are those controversial voting machines, usually with no paper trail, which really have been in effect and have been a problem since the. 2004 presidential election. Uh, in a couple of minutes we have remaining, uh, Greg, tell us mm-hmm. about these machines, voting machines. Well, I think the biggest thing, I think a lot of people think it's done in a very fancy way, like some guy in a cave is flipping your vote from Democrat to Republican. That's not how they do it. Mm. It's really simple. Voting machines, and we saw this in Michigan, voting machines in low-income areas are crap. So they literally don't count the votes. They don't have to be fancy. Look, if you remove votes in Detroit, that's black votes. They don't have to like figure, oh, this guy voted for, for Clinton. Mm. Let's change that mm-hmm. to Trump. The machines break down. You get in low-income areas in America, hospitals, crap cops, and you get crap voting machines. So they literally don't count the votes. What they say is, well, we don't know who these people voted for. You know, the machines got wiped out. Someone, you know, petted their cat and zapped the, uh, you know, the, the, the information was lost or paper ballots. The machines broke down. They can't read the ballots, da-da-da-da-da. But that's called, by the way, the voting term for that in the biz is called spoilage. If you are black, the chance your vote will spoil. That is, you cast it and it didn't get counted is 900% higher than if you're white. 900%. And let me add, about 2 million votes get spoiled in each presidential Mm -hmm. election. That's the official number from the Elections Assistance Commission of the federal government. That is an incredible number. Well, I want to wind up our conversation because we're coming close to the top of the hour, Greg, with information, contact information, petitions, anything that you believe our listening audience, which is vast, over three different states, have. Let's give this information out to people so that they can be proactive, so all of us can be proactive going forward into this election year. Okay, number one, just go to gregpalace.com. Sign up free. I don't spam you about once or twice a month, you get a newsletter from gregpalace.com. Get the movie. You can, and in fact, until Patriot Act three kicks in, you're still allowed to read the book, mm. "The Best Democracy Money Can Buy," and we'll keep you apprised of all the voting rights efforts. Tomorrow, I am lecturing at Harvard University with Latasha Brown, the founder of Black Lives Matter. I'm hoping to get that up live on Facebook Live or others, but go to gregpalace.com mm-hmm. and you'll see what we're working on latest. Well, I certainly appreciate your efforts at coming on the program, and I'm so happy that now it's, I'm at a different time where I can have you on to talk about these issues, and we look forward to speaking with you in the future, and that's for sure. Well, I'll come in live in New York. We'll have some fun. Thanks. Uh, 
Thank you so much, Greg Pallast. All right, the best democracy money can buy, gregpallast.com. Now, that's where you should go to. You heard the man, gregpallast.com. Of course, my senior producer here on Living for the City is Jillian Jonas. I certainly would like to thank Larry Hamm, always on board and in touch with things going on in the Garden State. Thank you so much for that, Larry. And most importantly, you, the listeners of this commercial-free, listener-supported community radio station in the center of the FM dial in New York City. We have been listener-sponsored and commercial-free, commercially-free since 1960. We cannot do it. We will not do it without your support. Go to our website. I say all the time that this is the clearinghouse for all things that you hear, whether it be Democracy Now! or any of the other programs that you hear over WBAI. We're the clearinghouse. That's WBAI.org. Consider becoming a sustaining member for as little as $10 a month. You hear me say this every day. I want to see some BAI buddies coming in for Living for the City, as little as $10 a month. My name is Michael G. Haskins. Thank you so much for tuning in. A boy's born in Hotdown, Mississippi, surrounded by four walls that ain't so pretty. His parents give him love and affection to keep him strong, moving in the